Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. And Abundantly Well, Seven Medicines, The Wise Woman Way, the newest book in the Wise Woman Herbal Series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you doing this evening? I am doing better than our guest is. Our guest this evening has a sore throat, laryngitis, can't talk, is so sorry, but he just can't make it. So we... 
you and I are going to have to uh, talk about the Comfrey Conference. Oh, that's a cool Yeah. That should be fun. So that's what we'll be doing from 9 to 9.30 is talking about the Comfrey Conference. Where I think all of our presenter slots are full or close to full. Um, our official deadline for applying was the end of January, but, you know, there's a few kind of fence-sitters that if they decide to come along, we'll probably let them. So, um, yeah, yeah, deadlines are yeah. You know, hard right now. It's, time's a little fuzzy. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That was kind of the minor distress of the evening. And then the major distress of the evening was Justine. And we had our usual um, chat. We usually uh, connect with each other. Even when she's just around the corner, we're usually in communication in some way. And she was feeling really, really out of sorts and just, you know, ugh in pain and distress and hurting and you know the kind of where your like body is hurting and your your heart is hurting and it just feels like the world is like crushing you yeah that that yeah that kind of hurting and it was it was it was very um It impacted me a lot because she was feeling that way in part because of me. Hmm. You know, I think that's one of the hardest of human emotions to see someone that you that you love in pain um, and think that you've caused that pain. Hmm. Wow. And, yeah, yeah, and um, her distress was mostly um, kicked off by a particular person. Hmm. And and that particular person doesn't like me. You know, there's an interesting thing about apprenticeship, shamanic apprenticeship which is that you have to hate me. Mm-hmm. You have you have to start off thinking I'm the bee's knees, the greatest thing. Woohoo. How cool. I'm going to go apprentice with Susan Weed and then you have to hate me. Mm-hmm. And it, some traditions call it the dark night of the soul. My shamanic training calls it mirroring the mm. inner darkness of the apprentice. Mm-hmm. 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 And reflecting to them how that is being presented into the world. And it's a lot of hard work for me, and it's an absolute drag for the apprentices. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to see what they're in denial of. 
have been blessed with teachers who gave me no way out. And teachers who taught me that if you're going to stand up and talk about your experience and talk about what's actually happening, that you're probably going to be targeted and the people that you would think would be most supportive of you, those who are like you for her doctors, are going to be the ones who do their best to take you out. Hmm. And I certainly saw that with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. That, you know, time and again, she would not just be disparaged, but these nasty rumors would start about her. And it's, what, what do you do when somebody says a lie about you, and as part of that lie, they say, and don't even ask her because she's a liar? Hmm. Mm. My psychology wow, professor called called it projection, but in the real world, what it is is it's a ploy to completely disempower someone, mm-hmm. and it's and it's fascinating to me because, of course, my life work is to empower people. Yeah. And to be able to thank my teachers for helping me to understand that when others are doing their best to disempower me, to disparage me, to put me down, to create vicious lies and rumors about me, that I don't need to resist that. I can just let it flow and know that people who believe rumors probably aren't the people that I want around me or that I want apprenticing with me. Wow. I would say I really admire that, Susan. Um you know, it, this is your show, but I have gone there as an apprentice. And if you're open to it, I am happy to share my experience. It's, it's typical and atypical yes. at the same time. I don't know if this is appropriate yes. or not. But. I think it's very appropriate. Please, go ahead. Yeah, so um, yeah, exactly the way you, you said at the beginning, um, I, was, I, I was actually surprised with myself that I um, – you know, chose to apprentice there. Not really, but I was I was grateful that I opened to it. But then I got to your home, and it was tough. It was tough. I only signed up for a two-week apprenticeship. And um, there were a couple other women there with me. And, you know, it was, it, was, it was like you said in the way that you have a persona, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great, and, you know, I'm sure I'll just be fit, fit right in, and she'll like me. And then to get there and to see that whether you like me or not isn't the issue. It is you are willing to invest energy beyond that. And um, I really was able to appreciate your discernment because when I was there, 
I, you know, you treated me just as harshly as the other apprentice in the ways that I needed to be treated harshly, but I was also able to see that um, I was seeing something in that and that it was really moving me to a place. And for me, that place was different than the other apprentice that was there. And um, so my path was very different in that I chose to leave. And um, the one condition I gave myself was that I asked for, you know, a clear reason to leave that afternoon. And for me, it was that um, I was actually there to receive a power that wasn't just, um, like, within myself that I would feel more powerful if I got your validation and that it meant more to me to, to just claim myself and say, okay, I'm your student, but not your apprentice, but I couldn't leave unless I went to your home and told you that. And you were so, you weren't necessarily gracious, but the other apprentice that was there decided to do it simultaneous. And your reaction to the two of us was completely different. You didn't, you didn't try to stop me. You didn't, necessarily believe that I I still wanted to be a student. You didn't tell me I was a liar, but you didn't necessarily believe that I was going to go home and be okay with that. But I I so was. I think you did. You just held the space for me to leave. I think you knew. Like, that's the shamanic part of it. And I wasn't even there as a shamanic apprentice. And then I just have to say that the universe, I mean, this is the part where it's, it's too big to just put into a little bit of words. But the way the universe works, you know, another apprentice came and then there was the tragedy with the goats and that allowed me to know that I had to go back, that my work with you wasn't finished and that not allowing myself to just accept the false validation of power by being your apprentice, like I wasn't finished. And you, I think you knew that. I've never talked to you about this. And in the time that I've gone back as not an apprentice, but a student and just someone who wants to be in your presence, I have seen you work with other people who are apprenticing, whether it's either live out or live in. And you and I haven't talked about this before, um, but it crystallized for me then because I was able to see you with these different women. And I've seen women fall apart and then pull themselves back together in a way, you know, where it wasn't just you, but you reached powers the earth, you know, you've gone on the ground with these women and helped them be able to collect themselves and remind themselves of their power. So it's not easy. It's not for everyone. I so get that. Um, I just, you know, I, I hope there's not other elements going on in like the assessment of, of, of you as a human being, because you're, your heart is so in the right place. I know that you want to empower women especially, but all human beings to like take full authority of themselves in a way that is respectful, respectful of themselves, but also like our entire nature of human beingness. And so, yeah, that, that is what I know of you. And I've seen the harshness, but I know it comes with a heart of love. And I know that it's hard work. That is one thing that like the first time I came back and I saw you working with other apprentices where I was kind of on the outside looking in, I feel like it's weird how I kind of parallel you with Comfrey because it's like Comfrey is like a love hate thing. And there's this like strange middle ground. Well, like people will like use it externally only, but they won't let it completely inside. 
But I was able to let you completely inside in a way where I was almost like, how did I find this space with Susan where I'm not an apprentice, but I'm there in a way where I'm probably getting more value. I don't know if this is fair to say, but I, I just, I've gotten so much value being around you and seeing you work with apprentices without seeking your validation. So I understand when you say that sometimes when people come and just want you to like say, this is great. Yay, yay, yay. That's not, this is the last thing I needed. I needed to meet myself and watching you help other women meet themselves has been powerful for me and just meeting myself through you. It's powerful. Like it really is. Okay. That's enough. (laughs) Well, what you're discovering is that first there's the, Wow, then there's the, and then there's the, ah, here I am, another powerful woman with Susan. Yeah, it's a delicious soup. I just have to be willing to, like, acknowledge, like, I might be meeting it for the first time sometimes and take a bite. Yummy. (laughs) (laughs) Scary. And I felt so (laughs) frightened when when I was listening to Justine. I really felt terror welling up in me. And I said to her, I have to go. I have to go to my singing lesson. You know, I go to my singing lesson every Tuesday. Come home, eat dinner, and do the blog talk. And on the way, the drive there, which is almost a half an hour drive, I let that, I just let that terror come up and come up and come up in me. And the real close-up part of it was the times in my life when I was awakened by police, one time in which they had put a gun to my head. Mm. So the terror, like, awakened that, you know, close terror in this life, Mm -hmm. but then it so awakened the terror that I have known, but haven't really allowed myself to feel, which is the terror of all the other times that they pulled me out of my house as a witch and burned me, of all the other times that they waylaid me on the road as a midwife and raped me. All that terror, Mm -hmm. I could feel that. So much fear. And then my... And then my Buddhist training encourages me to not hold that possessively to myself, but to say, this is the human condition. Mm. It's not my terror. It's not my terror this life. It's not my terror life after life. It's terror that all living things feel. And we don't want to be hurt, and we look around to see what might hurt us. And when somebody says, that's going to hurt you, we put our terror on it. And so in the ultimate way of that, exactly as you said, I got to Gordon's house, and I, I said, I can't sing today. There's too much terror moving through me. And Mm. we sat together and we sat with that terror and we grounded 
that terror. We did bodhisattva work. Mm. Mm. And took this opportunity of being the focus of that terror and that hatred and that fear to let it be something that can go to earth and that everyone can take a deeper breath. I, I don't know if you've heard me talk about the spell that I do to get mm-hmm. somebody who's getting you. Have you heard me talk about that? Oh, I have. I've, I've shared it. It is a tough one to enact, but yes, the pedestal. <laughs> a sincere pedestal. You put, right? So this is what I'm doing, right? I am putting the woman and the women who are, who are in this fear, who are fomenting this and focusing this on me, I am putting them in their glory. I am enthroning them. I am putting them, you know, if they want their throne to be a couch, well, however they're comfortable, if they want it cool and if they want it warm, and then we are bringing, you know, fruits and flowers and music and art. We are bringing the feelings of self-worth and self-love and the juiciness of life and the curiosity of what might happen next, and we are bringing satisfaction and awe and serenity. Hmm. Now, really, what's so hard about that? It's a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Because what does the mind want to do? The mind wants to catch on to those little lies that are told about you and run them around and around and around like a hamster in a wheel. And so you you interrupt it with this beautiful vision of that person getting what they deserve, which is all the riches of the world, everything the heart mm. the heart could desire. Isn't that what we really want for each other? It so is. Yeah, it so is. Yeah. yeah. And you know what I've heard today driving is that heard you talk about how, you know, if you run into something hard, like your atoms, you know, and just imagine things moving through. And I actually heard that emotions, really all they are are molecules. And it was actually a woman, a doctor, sharing, um, she was going to, using psychedelic mushrooms under supervision, and she envisioned herself in the mushrooms or felt herself as a bead on a curtain, and then that bead turned into a molecule. And she realized and then studied afterwards that, like, really emotions are molecules. And when she realized that and then confirmed it, it became almost laughable because she could move through it so much easier, just acknowledging that, you know, this is here for us to work with, which is what I've come to understand, you know, as the shamanic apprenticeship. Like, you know, like, we... Playing with herbs and plants, it, like I use my body as my laboratory, so to speak. But in a shamanic apprenticeship, like that's what I'm there to do. I'm there to meet myself, like, hello, physicalizing all of this and living all of this. And to have someone who's able to, like, 
allow me to do that. And I, you know, for, and then, you know, that's why I give you extra credit because I've been told I'm not teachable and you allowed me the space to be not teachable and stay a student. So that's why I give you like extra credit because, you know, that's what I needed. And, and, and I, I just know like watching you with other women, like your heart is so in the right place. And, and you're just, your wisdom is not like necessarily easy to digest for everyone, but my goodness, if you're ready to like eat that in your soup, like, wow, it is a really special ingredient. And it's, it's not for everyone necessarily, but. Which is why, which is why I <laughs> offer so many different ways, right? Yeah. And you're so As a matter of fact, I, like, I was saying yeah. today <laughs> that for less than $200, you could buy every book I've written. And then if you actually absorbed everything in those books, you would be a darn good herbalist. Yeah, yeah. I now, that takes a tremendous self-motivation yeah. to do that. Yeah. And so at the other end of the spectrum, and there's all kinds of things in between, you know, from listening in, from calling into the show, taking a correspondence course, being a mentored student, to coming to workshops and work exchange weekends, all the way up to the other end, which is the person who wants, as you said, a, a, a motivation that carries them away in the way that the ocean will carry you away, in the way that looking up at the stars carries you away. So there's something for everyone. And have you ever heard of Wilhelm Reich and Reichian therapy? I have. I'm not a student, but yes, I, I know a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, so do you know how he died? Mm, no, I don't. It's a very odd story. He created a box that he said magnified energy called the orgone box. And the FDA said the orgone box was a spurious medical device and could not be shipped from state to state. And he said... They're not doctors. They can't make laws about what I do. And shipped his organ boxes. And you can go online and buy organ boxes to this day. So hmm. they arrested him. And he said, well, I will simply tell them that, you know, they made a mistake. And he didn't get a chance to say that because the judge said, did you ship your boxes across state lines? He says, yes, but the judge says, no, but. Yes, you're convicted. Oh. He died in prison. He died in prison, and they burned all his books. I knew the half part. That's sad, yeah. But you still heard of him, and there's still organ boxes, so you know what? Mm. They can burn me. They can burn my books. But the wise woman tradition is here to stay. Herbs as nourishment is here to stay. Using what's local instead of what's exotic is here to stay. Yeah. If they need to get rid of me, well then, bye. Yeah. Yeah. 
they're here to stay, you know, I mean, and you the are things, such the things an that I'm here husband, to make sure happen have happened. And I would love exactly. to stick around and keep, keep talking about them and keep meeting more people and keep having experiences because, wow, do I enjoy life in my body. I enjoy mm-hmm. what I do. But if, it's, if the universe says, time for you to stop, then I'll stop. Mm, no. I, I, mean, I, I mean, even like from the beyond, I don't think you can stop at this point because to me, your voice will <laughs> echo. For, well, you um, didn't hear what Justine said. That was left before, you know, which thank goodness you threaded together to give a louder voice too, so that the echo can can carry on. Yeah. Yes, I did, what did Justine here? Right. Because mm-hmm. if you don't go from O oh, to uh, to ah, then you get stuck in uh. <laughs> Oh, it's so a spiral, I expose myself. I expose myself to all that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like the part of the ride where There's you're like, a, at the because, as the you thing. said, there are, there are people. You didn't get stuck in it, and about I would say forty percent of the people who leave don't get stuck in it, and like you, find their way back around find how they need to come back around to do what they need to do. But that still leaves a reservoir of people who are stuck in it. So here's what I decided today, and then I'll answer people's questions. But I have to say, I'm really patting myself on the back for this one. I'm very very interested into what you have to say, too. The truth of the matter is that the work for me while it's incremental and while it goes on day by day, it's incredibly front-loaded. And what a lot of my detractors seem to be upset about is that I somehow stole their money by taking their money and keeping it even after they left. So what I propose is that from now on, I will be paid $2,200, the fee for a two-week apprenticeship, for the first 24 hours in my presence. After that, there will be no charge for the next 13 days. That makes sense, the price of admission. That's the price of admission, exactly. And then we won't have this mistaken thinking that somehow the price is a per diem price, because it's not a per diem price, which is why in all of the information that the apprentices, it says, in fact, on every page, it says, there are no refunds for any reason, why I do a telephone interview with every apprentice and say, you know, if you decide to leave, you're not going to get anybody back. So it's always kind of like left me a little scratch in my head that so many think and have really seriously challenged me you know, in every possible way that they can to get their money back. Mm. And... Mm. 
And it's no, it's it's actually as far as, as I'm concerned. Um, once they actually make the agreement to be the apprentices, when I start working, wow. And I asked them to commit for whatever length of time, like I, you know, you took two weeks. Um, but what kind of commitment do I offer in exchange for the rest of your life? Mm. I honestly I think it's pretty. That. I think it's a pretty fair deal. Uh, and, you know, and I don't hold grudges, right? You find your way back around. Yes, we'll be connected for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it shocked yeah. me that I, I, money to me is not something that I would ever invest myself with any emotional attachment associated with hatred or, I don't know, anything like sticky that I had any question about why am I doing this. But money is not. That's just surprising to me. I, you, you said you would receive my feedback. I just, to me, when I commit to something like that, you know, it, it, I'm just not that person. I, I guess I don't send my food back even usually. You know, I figure you gave it your best shot, uh, unless it's really that you didn't. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That really surprises me. I, I that's sad. Sad. I mean, because you're. You're you're more than money to me. Like I just I couldn't. I'm not trying to like put you on a pedestal in any way, but it's not. Well, well actually, I Lisa just, was here today I, helping me, and she said, you know, I've been going through some your old records, and do you know that you haven't raised your fees for apprenticeship for ten years? I said, yeah, I know. Yeah. So. Yeah. At any yeah. rate, are there is there anybody else who has any problems besides me? I, the longer we've been talking, the more hands I see go up. So I will remind everyone. Okay, so let's start answering them. <laughs> you can talk to Susan. The first person who pressed number one is called from the 732 area code. From the 732, you are live with. Hello, good evening. Thank you for my call. Uh, this is really quick, Susan. Um, I had Omicron two weeks ago. And it wasn't terrible. It was, you know, like having a flu. Um, But I'm really tired. And uh, what I'm experiencing now that I didn't have two weeks ago is I have a really bad cough. So I have a lot of mucus in my chest that I just can't seem to bring up. So I'm just doing a lot of coughing, uh, coughing during the night, up half the night coughing. My back is hurting me from coughing. So could you tell me what I may do? The very first thing that I would do is honey. Okay. Just like teaspoon of honey. You know those dispensers, the honey bears? Yes. They're like squeeze bottles? Yes. You can carry that around with you. Okay. And you squeeze honey into your mouth and into your throat whenever you feel a need to cough. Okay. Great. And then so that's else? that's a, an immediate thing that okay. you can do. Then you also want to ask yourself really seriously, like you say. It feels like there's something that you want to cough up, but you can't cough up. But is there? More like a constriction. 
and you're coughing because coughing, in a way, kind of <laughs> feel it. <laughs> feel how it kind yeah. of opens the airways? Yes. Well, there's mucus there. My problem is it's me. I just can't get that to come up. <laughs> I mean, as it starts to come up, I just let it go back down again because I just don't want that in my mouth. <laughs> well, it can't so go I'm, back down I'm, into your lungs. It goes into your stomach. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what so I'm if you, that's, that's if what I'm You doing. are bringing it up if you're actually bringing it that up enough to know yes. that it's there. Yes. Yes. You don't necessarily have to bring it into your mouth or spit it out or do any of those things at all. Just, to, you know, you bring it up past where the little where the valve is, and now it's going to go in the stomach. Because otherwise, you'd get pneumonia if it went back in your lungs. Right. Okay. Right. So there's a trap door there to keep that from happening. What kind of lung herbs are you familiar with? What kind of lung herbs have you been using? Um, I haven't been using um, any. I've just been taking vitamin C and um, zinc, a good B complex. I hear you. I hear you. Um, my my lifelong understanding, which has grown and grown and grown over the years is that the worst thing you can do for your health is take any kind of supplement. Okay. If you think you need more vitamin C, go buy some grapefruit juice or some orange juice. Right. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So what I like about the herbs is that they often can provide... Um, trace amounts of things like zinc, which our bodies, I think, can use a little more readily. Right. Mullen is one of the major lung herbs. And I make an infusion of mullen using one ounce of dried mullen in a quart jar filled to the top of boiling water, stirred, wait, you know, wait, you know, however long you can get yourself to wait. Because the mullen leaf will suck up quite a bit of water. You can pour more water into the jar and stir again. And maybe wait even like a little more for it to absorb more so that you can really get the water up, up, up to the top of the jar. And then put a lid on it and let it sit for four hours or overnight. And you can strain it and squeeze the plant material to get all the liquid out of it. Now, you want to be a little careful here because... Mullen leaves are fuzzy, mm-hmm. and if you just put it through a regular sieve or strainer and you do it with your hands, you can get that kind of irritating fuzz on your hands. Right. So whenever I would visit my mom, I would always go through her linen napkins to find ones that were stained, and I would say, oh, you don't want this one, right? And she would say, what are you going to do with that? And I would say, you don't want to know. <laughs> And I would use them for, stir- for straining the mullet. I want you to, I still to this day feel badly about it. A washcloth in a motel room to strain the mullet. But my friend was really, really racked with coughs. So I, was, so I just had to, like, do this for her. And um, if, for some reason, you can't make mullet infusion, and usually 
We mix melon infusion half and half with milk because milk is the great healer of the lungs. And heat it up. And if you like chai, you can throw some chai spices in there with it. So you have melon milk chai. And you mm, can usually okay. find, uh, I think we have YouTubes of making mullen and mullen milk and mullen milk chai. All those things. Or mullen leaf tincture is also used to quell cough. I was at a concert and the woman behind me kept coughing the whole concert. Very irritating. And so at the end of the concert, and it was at a conference, I said to her, come home with me. And she did. And I gave her some melon tincture because I carry it being a speaker. And um, I asked her to get some water and take, you know, five to ten drops of the melon tincture right then and there. And then I let her keep the bottle and told her to take another dose before she went to bed. And more in the morning, and she brought it back to me the next day, and she said her cough was gone. Oh, interesting. Um, would that be the same tincture that people use, like when they get swimmer's ear and they put mullen in their ear? That's mullen flower oil. Oh, okay. So it's different. Mullen leaf tincture. Okay. Okay. And that's an excellent question because I didn't specify. Well, you did say mullen leaf tincture, but I just wasn't okay. certain if, if it was the same as what, what people put in their ear when they get, you know, swimmer's ear. So, so it is different. Wait. Yeah. It's the oil of the flower. Okay. Also, most mints are thought to be really good for the lungs. Like most mints, um, okay. most mints right? Mm-hmm. We think like mm, perhaps most specifically whorehound, right? Whorehound cough drops. Whorehound's a mint. Very bitter. But think about, you know, if you think about like if I say mint, do you find that you breathe in and you, you feel like a kind of open sensation? Right. Yeah, just from the Lord. Yeah. So, yeah. so actual a cup of actual hot peppermint tea with honey. Oh, okay. I right. Or, or thyme tea or rosemary tea or hyssop tea. Any any of the mints are known for. Helping the lungs. Okay. And you'll have one or more of them that are special to you. My favorite lung herb is Ella Campaign. Ella Campaign root is generally used as a tincture because it has a very odd smell. Kind of like... mm, Earthy, spicy mothballs. <laughs> yeah, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna want to drink that. <laughs> they make a tincture of it, and tiny amounts of the tincture really open up breathing. It's not so much of an anti-cough, though. Okay. For anti-cough, you could also chew on pine needles or pine bark. Oh. Okay. And the resin in the pine. And, of course, it's extremely high in vitamin C, right? So there's a really good source of vitamin C for you. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you mean, like, go out to a pine tree and take the needles and you can chew on them? Sure. Okay. 
I have lots of pine trees in my backyard. That's great. I have lots of pine trees. Oh, that's oh, very how cool. Perfect. Yeah. That is cool. All right. Pine Brothers Cough Drops. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I love how the culture holds on to something, even though the cough drops are no longer made from pine. Right, right. Right? But we still yeah. have it there in our collective yeah. memory. Well, since there's so many hands raised, although it's very enjoyable speaking to you, I'm going to go on to the next person. Yes, Wish you great thank time. you so much. Thank you. Good night. Good night. All right, and our next caller with their hand raised is coming in from the 404 area code. 404, you are live with Susan. Greetings, green blessings, Susan. Hi. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? Well, I don't know. Have you been listening to the show? <laughs> oh, I have. Uh, my apologies <laughs> for asking a sensitive question. Um, That's okay. But how am I a long explanation to tell you how I am. But how are right. you? More to the point, because I would like to oh. offer you any assistance or explanations that you're looking for tonight. Okay. Um, I would like to first say that you offer a lot of wisdom, and I think it's kind of like our parents and our grandparents. Sometimes we just don't like hearing what, you know, um, you all have to say, but if we just wait a little bit, it'll teach us a very uh, valiant lesson. So I think um, we have to look at wisdom like that sometimes, uh, just to take a beat and, and accept it for what it is. But I did have a couple questions for you. Um, one is my five-year-old daughter is dealing with um, sickle cell anemia. She's been dealing with this since she was about one years old. Um, she takes a routine of medicines, and she is a bonus baby of mine. She's my partner's daughter. Um, so I'm not really the one to okay prescriptions and different things like that. But I do mm-hmm. want to... Um, figure out better ways to facilitate her healing or her comfort rather than the daily, you know, routine of prescription medicine that she has to take. And she's taking these prescription medicines for what reason? I think you told me, but I didn't quite get it. Uh, sickle cell, anemia, sickle cell. Okay. Mm. What do the medicines do? Well, one of them helps um, create the round um, instead of the sickle blood cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have folic acids in there, supplements. You have um, what a penicillin, like antibiotic, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Does the sickle cell anemia? Does the sickle cell mm-hmm. anemia? affect everyone the same way? Um, I think holistically they deal with a lot of pain. Um, they deal with a pain crisis. Um, sometimes they're cold. Sometimes they get too hot. They get sleepy or tired quickly. Um, so I, I, think, I think a lot of the things that 
folks deal with this alone, so, uh, you know, have similar similarities, but I'm sure everybody has their own, you know, way of dealing with it and things that bother them in dealing with it. So. And is it progressive? Will she get worse, or is it just like this is it and she's going to live with it at this level for the rest of her life? Yes, this is it. She'll live with it this level at the rest of her life, and hopefully the medication or the pain crisis won't give her issues with living a full life and, you know, having children and everything that, you know, being that she's been on medication for most of her life. Okay, so here's where my thinking starts. I have heard, and shoot me down if this is wrong, but I have heard that the sickling of the cell prevents certain diseases like malaria from taking hold in the body. Correct. And and then it's a adaption that that when you live in a situation where that's not going to happen causes these kinds of problems. So the first thing that I want to do is to be grateful for the sickle cell and its desire to protect. And when I really feel that I have conveyed, and this might take more than once, an absolute, you know, respect and admiration for the sickle cell, I am then going to ask it to, in its natural course of events, die and not replicate. All right. I agree with this. I, I, I can foresee that being beneficial. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I do have one other quick question. It's very interest very interesting question to us, and you have another question. Yes, very quickly. Um, I when I when I was pregnant with my daughter, I found out that, and she's five also. I found out that I had been dealing with H. pylori, and I didn't know that. Um, so they offered me antibiotics and different things while I was pregnant. I didn't want to take it at that time, so I didn't. Um, so now that my daughter is out, I've tried to. Um, you know, um, heal myself from the H. pylori. Um, so I was taking mastic gum and uh, oil of oregano and some other things like that. Um, it was coming through my skin. The H. pylori was coming through my skin, so it kind of scared me. Um, so I slowed down on it because it was, it was like a bad rash coming through my skin. Um, but I want to start the treatment over. But now I have new insight on, like, you know, locally, utilizing local plants and herbs to heal myself versus, you know, having to order something like mastic gum, don't really know where it comes from, and, you know, all of that, like that. I know it works because I've used it, but I want to use something maybe a little bit more, a little bit less, um, um, it, 
it was just kind of abrasive in its nature, the way it came through my skin. I don't know if that was domestic gum or the oil of oregano, but um, I couldn't see myself, like, going to work and go, doing things like that with it coming through my skin the way it was coming through my skin. I hear you, and I hear the story that you have about this. I would like mm-hmm. to share with you my very different story about this. Okay. H. pylori is a natural inhabitant of the stomach. All human beings have H. pylori in their stomachs. When there is no H. pylori in your stomach, your immune system suffers. Mm. Oil of oregano is a drug, and I would take an antibiotic any day before I would take oil of oregano. Got it. And you had a dermatitis reaction to the oil of oregano, which is quite reasonable because if you spill it, it will take the finish off a table or a wooden floor. Yes, and I've burnt my skin with it before, so I, I know that you're telling the truth. It was not the H. pylori on your skin. Your skin was reacting to the oil of oregano. I, I see Because that, H. pylori um, requires, it only lives mm-hmm. in the stomach. It can't live on the skin. Okay, thank you for It requires that. the high acid environment of the stomach. It's a very unique bacteria. Okay. So you don't think it's so, something that needs to be let me, ask, let me ask you this. Do you have heartburn or acid indigestion? Um, my mom does, and from time to time I've, I've suffered with it, but I thought it was the H. Lord. Again, I'm going to tell you that scientific evidence tells us that every human being has H. pylori in their stomach, and being diagnosed okay. with it is meaningless. That's crazy to me. And then I would, that, that the doctor would then prescribe me something that's normal, prescribe me an antibiotic for something that's normal. But that's what doctors do. Of course. You're right. I know that. <laughs> they don't have okay. any sense of normal being normal. Look at the women who have fibroids, which is a normal occurrence, who don't have a uterus anymore because the doctor decided they had a fibroid, and that means their uterus has to come out. Mm. Okay. So it's it's rampant, rampant what's going on in terms of testing and over-treatment. And that's why I'm asking if you have symptoms. And not, if, not on a regular basis, no ma'am. If, as you're reporting to me, you have infrequent bouts, of, you know, acid indigestion, then I'm going to guess that it probably has to do with being emotionally upset or eating some kind or food in some kind of situation that does not agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. I would agree with that. And so, hooray! <laughs> Once again, our body is now functioning perfectly. 
Right? I mean, would we want it to work perfectly if we're under that much stress? No, thank you, Patty. Thank you for letting me know that things are really getting hairy here. Ooh, ooh, ow, ow. Okay, all right, I get it. Time to calm down. Time to take it easy. I hear you. Right? Right, so, and the more we do that, the more we respond to our bodies, and the more we say, ah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, let's, you know, let's, let's make this, you know, smooth and easy here. A little slippery elm is really good for quelling that acid feeling when you get it. Really helpful through the digestive system, and you can find... Um, YouTube, so people making Supreme balls, me making them, Monica Jean making them. There's all kinds of people out there making Supreme balls. So uh, enjoy yourself. And since Sarah Ellen said there were a lot of hands raised, I'm going to say green blessings and good night. Thank you so much. Green blessings. Good night. Um, great. And our next caller is coming in from the 703 area code. From the 703, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. Thank you Hi. for taking my call. Thank you, Thank you for taking my call. I am, have questions regarding... I, I'm very sleepy. I sleep at night as soon as I put my head on the pillow. But in the middle of the night, three hours later, four hours later, I wake up, um, my mind wanders. Instead of fall back asleep, I just thinking about many things. I cannot calm my mind. And gradually, my body is aching. I cannot fall asleep. And I have to get up, like in the morning, go to work. I, I was thinking, because I was thinking, I talked to a, my doctor and counselor. They told me, you have anxiety problem. You might have underlying depression. They're trying to put me on a depression medication or anxiety medication or even a sleeping medication. I declined all of them. So I was, because I'm familiar with your uh, way of treating, and I called you before, and you helped me uh, with herbal infusion, which I'm doing that. I was wondering what you can suggest me. I cannot fall asleep, stay asleep six hours in the street. Um, I, I, I don't know what to do. Um, with my anxiety. Yes, I know I have anxiety. I have underlying depression with genetic in my family. But how can I treat those things? Um, what is your suggestion? Have you, have you heard of the herb motherwort? Yes, I heard about it. Yes. Motherwort tincture made from the fresh plant seems to be really reliable at relieving anxiety. Okay. So if your sleeplessness is due to anxiety, then rather yes. than using an herb instead of a drug as a sleeping pill, let's really deal with what seems to be the problem, which is that you're anxious. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I have a couple of other ideas about what might be going on. Yes. So you do not have to answer this question, but I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you, when was the last time you menstruated? Oh, it was many years ago. I'm 57 years old, and I'm menopause. Um, 
I think, at the age of 44 because of my um, TCIS um, stage 0 breast cancer. They put me on a tamoxifen and immediately tamoxifen put me on the uh, menopause. So I think at the age of 44, 45, I become the first year I start uh, tamoxifen, I become menopause. And um, I'm 57, 58, and never had went back. So it just doesn't have to be true, but it's mm-hmm. possible that because mm-hmm. you, as you say, went through menopause because of tamoxifen, that you're yeah. actually going through another kind of more physical menopause when your body is saying, mm-hmm. oh, there's some things that need to happen now. Because mm-hmm. this exact thing that you talk about, the I'm so easy to go to sleep. I just like put my head down and bump, I'm asleep. It's like no problem going to sleep at all. And I sleep really, really well for three or four hours and then bang, I am awake. Yes, yes. If I don't get up, there's going to be muscle aches and there's going to be hell to pay. I wake up because I have a problem with frequent urination. I have to go to the bathroom. Then my mind starts to wander and it's still fall asleep. I try. So let me ask I, you this. Have you ever tried, when you wake up like this, having a candle mm-hmm. or a very low light lamp by your bedside and journaling for a little while, just whatever's going through your mind, just write it down. Have you ever tried that? No. no. I've worked with people who've had traumatic things happen to them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we find is that there's kind of a, a series of trauma-related thoughts. Like, mm-hmm. my sweetheart's house burned down. And yeah. thoughts that would come very strongly to him were things like, you didn't deserve to have a house anyhow. Yes. You can't ever take care of anything right. It's a lot of like... <clears throat> so, with him and with other people, what I ask them to do is, we could call it journaling, but it's not just journaling. And it doesn't have to be about a particular topic. But the thoughts mm-hmm. that come to you get written down with the mm-hmm. agreement that once they're written down, you can't ever think them again. Yeah. You can go back to your journal and read them anytime you want to. Yeah. But you, can't, you cannot think them. Yes, I have. I did journaling a lot, but not in the low light. When I wake up, I cannot go to back to sleep. Even one hour I'm in the bed. I get up and turn on the light completely. I start reading books. And or um, I, I thought about writing because a, a, a lot of trauma like this in my life happened. Um, I cannot uh, deny it. It's happened. A lot of mistakes I make myself. I always punish myself by thinking why I make those many mistakes. Why, where was my mind? Why I made wrong choices? 
Um, so you're but, going to journal this, you're going to journal those thoughts, and then you're not mm-hmm. allowed to think again. And interestingly enough, if you provide yourself with that low light and a way to, you know, journal, you know, with pen and paper, so it's very low tech, you might find that you sometimes fall asleep again. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And then, not guaranteed, then yeah. but I think it, you know it's more likely. And also, kind of the theme of the night is when we lived in Africa. There are mm-hmm. major predators there. Yes, lions, mm-hmm. hyenas, and jackals. And in order to keep those predators from stealing our children, we learned how to use fire. Yes. Have you ever been around a campfire, a fire made with outside with small sticks of wood? Yes, around fire, yes. And it requires constant tending, doesn't it? Yes. This is why I think this might be a part of your menopause, because there's a part of menopause in which I believe we reenact this. We become the woman who tends the night fire. Yes. And it's a time when we can, once you clear away these things that are in your way, there is a lot of ancestral wisdom waiting here for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. But do you want me you to take the motherboard tincture? How how much I can take it and just buy you it know, on Amazon? No, I suggest Amazon. that we start with five drops. And if you need to, lick it off your palm or put it in a little, little infusion. And if that doesn't do it after five or ten minutes, take another five drops. And you can track the first time you take it, and keep taking five drops every five or ten minutes until you like go, ah, okay, fine. Right? And then that's your starting dose next time. So that's ten or twenty, but however many drops, that's fine. So take and depending on how anxious you feel, it's not a so, bad idea to keep a bottle of motherwort tincture in your pocket. We keep a bottle yes. of motherwort tincture in the car because yeah. nobody wants to get involved in road rage. So, so if so somebody cuts you off, instead of going, you jerk, you just say, hand me some motherwort. So if I take this motherwort, uh, like five drops in the middle of the night when I wake up and cannot sleep, put it in the water and drink it, that's good enough? That's, that's good. But I would also suggest that you take it throughout the day. Because I don't think throughout you're just anxious at night. So the, I think take that, it throughout that, the day for every day. You think for every day? Throughout the day, every day, yes. For a while. And it has no, no, it has no side effect. Oh, it does have side effects. It makes your heart strong. Oh yes, because it I brings down your blood family. pressure. Yeah, because it I'm re- from relieves depression. Yes, thank you. Because I have a family history of mother and father, both of them heart attack and high blood pressure, but I don't have any of them because of my diet and exercise and... um, Yay, you! 
And on the back. All right. Good work. So I don't want to... Mother Motherwort, it will be a wonderful ally for you. I think that you will come to love her. Make sure you get the Motherwort tincture made from fresh Motherwort. Catskill, mountain herbals, or red moon herbals are the two places that I know of that make tinctures with fresh plants. There might be others, but I don't know about them right now. Red moon or herbal and another place? I'm sorry. Catskill Mountain. The other one was Catskill Catskill Mountain. C-A-T-S-K-I-L-L Catskill Cat, C-A-T-S, means mountain, and K-I-L-L means river, Catskill, mountain, herbals. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Susan. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. All right, and we have three callers that have pressed one, two, Signal they have a question from the 845 area code. You are next in line, live with Susan from the 845. Hello. Hi, neighbor. Hey, and happy Lunar New Year. Happy Lunar New Year, yeah, wow. And all hollows be. Right, the Feast of Flames. As Sarah Ellen would say, bless it be. Bless it be. So I always, thank you, no, thank you. I always listen for the theme before I shout out my ego (laughs) in thanks, of course. (laughs) I never mean to, you know, make it for me, but it's all about you, Susan. And guess what? What? The theme of this show tonight is you don't have to believe everything they tell you when you go to the doctor. <laughs> so Things that the liable to read in the Bible, they ain't necessarily so. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song. Oh, I love your singing so much. You are unabashedly, unashamed in all ways and always and always be new doctor about my bone loss bullshit. And guess what they said? What did the they young say? doctor said? They're lying. They're lying. They're <gasps> lying. They're lying to you. <gasps> He, he said, you you are so healthy. You do not have to have all these things they're trying to sell you. They took like 20-something x-rays of my teeth. And they said the only one, you know, if... We, the only one, if you want us to, we can take out that broken tooth that broke three times. And I was like, Yahoo, thank you. Because they wanted to take <laughs> out everything but that tooth. <laughs> I feel like a new woman in just like 
one minute after the tooth came out, I, I could feel the blood going back into my head, yada, yada, yada. All these x-rays, they said, no. They said, yeah, you got you got a little bone loss on one tooth, but we don't need to pull it for that. I mean, a cracked tooth three times, yeah, you got to pull it, you know, right, right down to the nub. You right. know, uh, I, you know, I could have fixed it maybe if I addressed it, but anyway. I like to chew bones and like a dog, and that's how I broke that tooth. But you don't have Susan, the teeth of a dog. Susan, I want to tell you something. You've saved me. You have saved me. You've saved my soul. You've saved my body. You've saved my being. And I thank you so much. So, this is the new year of the tiger. This is the year I delivered my only child. Bless it be. I had many, many children that wanted to be born through me, but I only could allow one. And it was the tiger that came and insisted, you will deliver me. And I did. So this is a wonderful year for all you women out there listening. You have the strength. You have the courage. You have the fortitude. Never accept no for an answer. Never. I always thought, this can't be true. This can't be true, what they're telling me about my body. But what is true is that for one year now, I've been doing the herbal infusions. And I grew back bone under my teeth, in my body. I got this one bad ankle. In just one week, with the comfrey compresses and the... Um, I do also the uh, Epsom salt, remineralizing my bone. Did I say that? You are. Yes, it is. Well, remineralizing. It happens so quick. I cannot believe how quick. I I I don't do the the infusions every day either. I'm. I'm lazy, I'm crazy, I'm, I spend sometimes a week just checking out of life and just dreaming. I do what I want, when I want. I don't listen to anybody if I don't believe them, but I'm standing up for myself for the first time. And this time, I did it with kindness. I did it with fortitude. I did it with excellence, and I got an A+. They took out that broken tooth, and it feels like all the inflammation from my head is just drained right out. I never bleed, by the way, but this thing is just draining, 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 and I'm not worried because I don't bleed. I have a very strong blood clotting system, but maybe... It was too 
I always thought that can't be really good, you know. Uh, so now it's like nice, 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 nice. Anyway, I told them about my bone scan, and they looked, and they said, that's bullshit. I mean, the bone density scan, they said, that's bullshit, too. You don't have osteoporosis just in the ankle, and it's because of injury. And you can build that back up. And in just one week, I'm almost walking again. And I'm going to a new doctor. I love Comfrey. Why am I having an entire conference about Comfrey? And do you know that there's a Facebook page for sharing Comfrey stories? I only been looking. I only been looking. I didn't really have anything to share. Quite honestly, I haven't been. Uh, I've been a little afraid, and you know <laughs> that that's the big problem. But the same one you do. I make sure it's the Uplandia, uh, the, the the Russian, you know, hybrid, uh, and mm-hmm. it's just the leaves. And it's very, very good. I love it in the morning when it's warm with some, uh, some, some, you know, a little bit of milk. I have to use the the creamer uh, from from a plant, unfortunately. But uh, I had some holes in my guts. But the slippery elm, I think I'm going to avoid all that surgery too. Maybe, maybe not, but. You know what? I don't care if I can't eat this or that. As long as I don't have to have anybody cut me, I'm more than happy to live without this or that. I have so many things I can have. And one of the things I now don't do is buy those things in the jars that somebody else made and says, this is onion powder, this is garlic powder, this is blah, 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 blah. And now I'm getting better. Because like you said, with supplements, you don't know what else they're putting in that jar. You don't. And suddenly it all makes sense. I don't feel like I'm losing anything. I feel like I'm gaining everything. Everything tastes better. Everything feels better. But Oh, ladies, get a second opinion, third opinion, fourth opinion. If it doesn't seem right, it's not true then. We know our bodies better than anyone. I was blessed to have a very young doctor from India. And he said, you don't, you, you don't have to have anything taken out of your body. You don't have to be cut in any which way. Oh, said, hooray. I'm so, so happy to hear that. Isn't mm. that wonderful? Mm-hmm. So, Susan, I thank you from the bottom of my, of my heart, and I'm so sorry I haven't been able to support you in a, in a, uh, in a physical fashion, but as soon as I am able... You can count on me. I just want you to know that. I really feel your presence and I feel your support. And part of what a shaman does is to have a foot in both worlds. Hmm. You know, I built a house with hand tools and I dug the foundation by hand. 
and one of my very dear friends, women I had been lovers with, really wanted to help, but she had multiple sclerosis. So she came in while I dug, she read to me. Oh, how lovely. See, it all works. It all works. It's good. Thank you. Thank you for your support. It's perfect. I love you. Thank you. Good night. Great blessings. All right, and it looks like we have four callers that have queued up with questions. Next caller is dialing in from the 408 area code. From the 408, you are live on the line with Susan. Oh, hi there. Um, Can you hear me? I can. Oh, hello there. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, uh, I'm so inspired listening to the callers. Um, and uh, and all of the the wisdom that you've shared, I I admit that I am um, so blessed to only recently have learned about you from one of my dear friends who is um, a, a great a great admirer of yours, and I feel so blessed to uh, to have this time um, to uh, to talk with you. And I feel like I have so many questions, but uh, but for today. Um, I, um, I'm calling about my lymph system. Um, I, uh, I got, a, a, I felt a lot of pressure in my neck and in my head. Um, and, uh, I went to get a thermoscan. Um, and I'm not sure if you know what that is. It was new to me, but basically they just take pictures, images of, um, of the neck area and um, and then they were able to detect extreme um, heat points. Um, so the results, and I originally went to get the thermoscan um, in place of a mammogram, um, which came up fine. But then with the lymph system, when they um, when they were taking those images, and I got the report back, there were dozens of areas um, in my neck and under my arms that um, that were pointed out as above 36 degrees Celsius. Um, and so I um, talked with my dear friend, the one who told me about you, and she uh, um, makes a lot of her own tinctures um, and suggested that I take cleavers, um, which I have been taking a full dropper, um, two full droppers um, in the morning and then at night. Um, I'm also taking astragalus tincture um, two to three times a day, one dropper full. Um, and then I was also, I started taking a um, burdock root um, a tincture as well. Um, but then when I was doing a little bit of reading about it, um, I thought that I was getting the impression that 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 is for someone who runs hot and it's cooler um, on the system, and and I and I thought, okay, well, I'm on the right track because this is all a lot of heat in in the the lymph system. Um, but then I uh, went to an acupuncturist who said I should take some red roots, um, so I started taking that and stopped taking the burdock. And so I guess, I guess part of the reason that I'm calling is because, again, I'm your newest admirer, um, and, uh, and I was just wondering if you had any 
uh, suggestions if you think I'm maybe taking too much if I if I'm um, if I'm sort of on the right track with this um, I did go to see an ear nose throat doctor yesterday who um, who confirmed that he does feel uh, um, larger size nodes um, throughout my my lymph system in the neck area and has told me that he wants me to get a CT scan. So that's kind of where I'm standing um, with this whole thing at this point. And, I, and I'm just wondering if you have any uh, words of wisdom for me. What makes the lymph nodes in the neck hot or swollen? What does the doctor think the CT scan might find? I, I think he is probably, well, okay, I should back up slightly and say that I did go to my primary care doctor um, after getting the thermoscan, and because she's super Western medicine, she was like, I don't believe in thermoscans, it's not FDA approved, why don't you just go ahead and get an ultrasound? The ultrasound showed nothing, and so this ear, nose, throat doctor said, well, an ultrasound isn't going to show anything as far as a lymph system. I think that he maybe just uh, um, was going to use the CT scan to confirm, uh, I, I guess, maybe just as the, the next step. Um, but he didn't really give me any indication about, you know, uh, then. So what. the cancer risk of having a CT scan is worth it to confirm that nothing's wrong. Can, can you repeat that? I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit. I said, so the risk of the ca of cancer from the radiation of the CT scan is worth it because you'll be confirmed that nothing's wrong. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he 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 definitely did go through, you know, the fact that it's like a year's worth of being in the sun, um, amount of radiation. I mean, I, I guess I'm I just don't really I, I'm not really sure what to do um, with. These, that's that's um, why I'm asking you what the CT scan would do. And if what you're saying is you don't think that it would find cancer, because if you really thought you had cancer, that, that's what you would have said. Well, yeah, no, as a matter of fact, I, I don't think it, I, I haven't gotten, you know, put the cart before the horse in any regard. Um, but I, I guess hearing that there was um, a lot of, uh, uh, heat in the neck, um, and then the thermoscan saying, you know, we don't know what it is. And I should also, for context, I should say that I've been um, living with um, chronic Lyme disease and possible mold issues um, uh, sort of combined with that. And I also, my apartment just burned down. Both of which past. might cause your lymph glands to be hot and swollen. Is is that so? Because I I don't know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So so if this was sort of yeah, I'm ongoing... not I'm not picking up that this cancer. It's something odd, but I don't think it's cancer, and that's why I ask you in that way to elicit that if that's what was going on in your body and your subconscious that you would say that. And we didn't get mm -hmm. that. So let's for now say that we don't need any more confirmation that things are okay and that, that we can afford to take the time to see if the herbs work. 
Mm-hmm. Cleavers is a wonderful herb for helping the lymphatic system. Poke root is the stronger herb for helping the lymphatic system. Poke root. Okay. Poke root is used as a tincture. The tincture is made only from the fresh root, and it's taken in doses starting at one drop. Not a drop or full, but one drop. Uh, like once, once a day? or One drop once a day. Wow. And do okay. that for two or three days, and then you can take two drops once a day for two or three days. You can continue to move up. The great thing about poke is that it's so active in the lymphatic system that it can frequently counter cancer. Not in every situation, but in some. So if there is something going on, poke is the better agent, because cleavers isn't going to do that. And you'll be able to kind of get a sense of where that's going as you continue up in the poke. So every couple of days, you'll take another drop of poke. And you'll see how much you can tolerate. Many people start to get side effects at four drops, including um, stomach upset, diarrhea, um, vision disturbances. When I was using poke as a helper in my quest to rid myself of my endometrial cancer, I got my dosage up to 125 drops a day. Mm. It's a huge amount of poke. And I did that because I had contacted other people that had used poke, and some of whom had gotten rid of their cancers. And one of them was taking a tablespoon of poke a day. Now, granted, he was bigger than I am, but still. And all at and once, he said this, right? All at once. And he said the same thing. He said, you just have to work up to it. And if you really have cancer, your body will use it. Mm. And, I, and that's what I would do. I would, like, get to a plateau, and I'd get, like, and I'd, like, back off a little bit and wait a week, and then I'd start going up again. Mm. So... If it's just a lymphatic issue, you will see effect in your lymph glands probably within 48 hours. Wonderful. We've mentioned tonight Red Moon Herbs makes tinctures with fresh herbs, and Catskill Mountain Herbs makes tinctures with fresh herbs. I did write that down. Get that poke root tincture. Wonderful. Oh, that's so exciting. Thank you so much. So, uh, and you keep are up with the cleaver. Oh, welcome. I think uh, I think that that this is theoretically um overheating condition that has something to do with something that you heard that you wished you hadn't heard. Mm. And as these lymph nodes shrink, if what that is comes up to you, have soothing and solace and kindness for yourself in that. Mm. 
thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really, uh, yeah, this whole show, it, it, it's really, uh, it's pretty emotional. And listening to your experience um, at, the, at the beginning of the show when you were talking about uh, the difficulty um, with, uh, with one of your um, students, um, I just finished reading um, a book called When Things Fall Apart from Pima Chodron. You talked about your Buddhist practice, um, and uh, and it is interesting how we sort of go through, um, like we have to suffer because that's being alive um, in part, and then we and then we find joy, and then we suffer, and then we find contentment, and then we suffer. It's just it's just life, isn't it? Very, very. Uh, it's a, the wheel keeps turning. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, and the yeah, closer so we are to the center, the less it grinds us. Oh, that's a beautiful thought. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I'm sorry. Sorry, just one one more very quick question, Susan, because I know that you have a lot of people still waiting, but. Um, do you think um, do you do you recommend that I continue with the astragalus, the red root, or the burdock? You have never hurt yourself with the astragalus. I don't know. You know, you like the red root, fine. I I like herbs that I can get my hands on. Astragalus has, has been become very Americanized. Red root's kind of an oddball herb. Not that there's anything wrong with it in any way at all. If you're getting, you know, if you feel like, wow, I really like it, sure. I personally like burdock a lot. Okay. And it is very cooling, and it goes very deep. Mm-hmm. It's like burdock is like okay. a, a, a root of the heart. Mm-hmm. Like it it brings us really to a, to a deep center. Oh, wonderful. I am so, I'm so grateful, and I'm really looking forward to continuing to learn more about herbs uh, from you, uh, and uh, yeah, and I'm just so grateful to know of your of your gifts and your existence. Thank you so much for for all of the help that you that you give to um, to so many. I'm really grateful to have to have uh, learned about you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Green blessings. Good night. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. All right, and we've got about 25 minutes, and uh, we've got three callers on the line. The next caller is coming in from the 504 area code. From the 504, you are live on the line with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi. Um, so I have a question concerning my son, who's almost two and a half. Um, I'm not sure if he's getting enough nutrition um so in terms of height i mean he's a tall boy um but what has me a little concerned are his hands they're always extremely cold to the point where he's always trying to touch my neck or even his neck to warm his hands up um another cause for concern is his constipation and also he doesn't sleep well at night um, so I'm a little concerned. He does drink infusions. He's been drinking them since he was one, exactly one. Um, and he <laughs> drinks about half a quart 
to maybe three-fourths of a quart a day. Um, and we kind of rotate through red clover, nettle, comfrey, um, oat straw. Um, I'm not sure if you can <laughs> can give me any help. I'm a little concerned. Tell me just a little bit about your diet. Sure. Um, so he's a picky eater. He's incredibly picky. Um, I really try to make him diverse foods, but his his, his standard is he likes um, some kind of hot porridge that I usually make out of um, some, uh, today I made it out of oat groats, but he doesn't like that. Usually cream of wheat or oat bran um, or um, some kind of hot cereal like that. And then I'll give him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I usually make, um, so I make the jelly myself with blueberries. Um, then he Ooh, nice. have some kind of, what did you say? Nice. Okay, yeah. Um, then he'll usually have a brown rice with peanut butter, and then I try to blend in some veggies with that, and I try to put bone broth, and he doesn't like it with the bone broth, so I just experiment. But he, the texture that he likes is like a porridge-type, um, hot cereal type of thing, and applesauce is the only fruit that he likes. And then he goes here for a few hours, but I'm not sure Scram- he, scrambled he, eggs. Eat he does not like eggs. In terms of dairy, he likes milk, cheese. Um, milk, so milk milk shake, cheese. Milkshake, yogurt shake. He does not like yogurt. He does not like any kind of smoothie or milkshake. I will put like some raw milk on his hot cereal. Um, but he doesn't mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. smoothies or even juices or anything like that. He just like it mm-hmm. like infusions on water. And he, you said he's two and a half. He's turning two and a half in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, basically two and a half. Does he like gnaw on a chicken leg? Yeah, he does. Good. Often, coldness in the hands has to do with lack of heme, which is a component of red blood. And the only place we can get heme is by consuming things that have red blood. So the easiest way to get his hands warmer is to allow him more meat. Okay. Especially since he's such a fussy eater. Meat, eggs, butter, full-fat dairy contain cholesterol, as we all know. But cholesterol is critical for brain development in children. So it's good for kids to have those high cholesterol foods. It's always a thorny issue about children who are picky eaters. And it's 
impossible to say which comes first. You know, people say, well, you shouldn't let them become a picky eater. And the parents say, well, they were a picky eater. I'm just trying to cope with it. So I think that you're doing a pretty good and creative job with him. And usually the key to success is to keep introducing foods. Here's peas. Here's corn. Here's tomatoes. Here's carrots. Here's asparagus. Here's broccoli. Here's flour. And if he eats so much as a bite, he gets praise. Okay. And there's all kinds of kid-friendly vegetables out there in the frozen food section. They're not for every day because they can be a little bit pricey. But there's, you know, like breaded cauliflower pieces that you can bake in the oven. Be a hard child to resist. My daughter was saying, do you remember how many tater tots you fed me? I said, you bet I remember how many tater tots I fed you. <laughs> but now you can get tater tots made of sweet potatoes. You can get them made of cauliflower. You can get them made of broccoli. It's like, yay, tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so in terms of, um, I'll definitely introduce that more. In terms of his vitamins and minerals, how much is he getting from the infusions? Probably um, everything he's drinking he needs. half a quart. Okay. okay. Probably, probably everything he needs. He's getting some. Um, he's getting lots of B vitamins because he's getting whole grains. And he's getting m- minerals from all of the cooked food that he's getting, as well as from the milk. And maybe butter as well in the cereal. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely put a lot of butter in there. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and the constipation, uh, I've been trying, like, fermented food. Have you, have you, tried, have you tried yellow duck? You tried yellow duck root tincture? No, I haven't. It is, the like, the herbalist go-to for anybody who has constipation. It's like, yeah, get them on yellow duck tincture. And start out kind of small. Start out with, like, five or six drops. It's not a laxative. It's not going to suddenly make him, like, jump up and bolt to the bathroom. It's called an aperient, and what it does is it increases the force of peristalsis. Constipation may arise from a variety of things. The primary things that cause constipation are, first of all, not enough fiber. It sounds like he has a very low fiber diet. And fiber basically is that part of food that isn't digested. And that's what causes the bulk of the bowel movement is fiber. So if he's not eating fiber, he's not going to have much bowel movement. If there's enough fiber, there also needs to be enough liquid. So that the fiber can move along easily. And perhaps most esoterically. Food, of course, contains energy. 
And the less energy the food itself has, the longer it will stay in the, in the body so that the body can extract the energy. I also want to reassure you that no living thing has ever died of constipation. And to remind you that a child dies every couple of minutes on this planet due to diarrhea. Mm. So first of all, see if you can increase the amount of fiber that he's getting. Just start looking around. What does, you know, beans are really high in fiber. How can you get more beans into him? Hummus has the texture he likes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Right? Um, I'd really, you know, go for upping that fiber. You're doing a great job with it, but get even more. And, again, you know, make sure that he's getting plenty of fluids. And maybe work out a little ritual with him where you put your hands over the food and think about the energy in the food and how easy it is for his body to get the energy from that food. Mm. It's a good kind of first learning for him in self-directing his health, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. And if you, would you so do, if you would do me the very big favor of calling back sometime within the next six to eight weeks and just giving me an update and letting me know how it's going, I would appreciate that. Sure. I would gladly do that. Thank you so much, Susan. You're welcome. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. Bye. All right. Okay, so before the, before the next caller, I want mm-hmm. to say that one of the speakers, one of the speakers at the Comfrey Conference is David Hoffman. And yeah. I've known David for a long time. And every time we teach the conference together, I am making sure I'm at David's workshop because whatever he's saying, it's going to just like tear your head off because he does not accept what people are saying, he like really gets into things. And <laughs> interestingly enough, and I may have this slightly wrong, so you really have to listen to his story to make sure you get it right. But he, what he says is he was there when they decided that Comfrey was bad. And he said, and he based this on no human studies and no animal studies of any kind. He said there's never been any, that he knows of, any recorded harm to a person or an animal from Comfrey. Wow, he was there. That's remarkable. Love this. And he says, pyrolyzidine alkaloids aren't active in the human body. It doesn't matter how many you're in Comfrey. They won't affect you. Wow. I was so excited. I am so psyched, you know, because he says he's going to go into the detail. He says that's just like the high point, but he's going to go into the detail. And also, I wanted to let people know that what Sarah Ellen and I are doing this month is we're going to start booking short little interviews, just audio interviews, five to ten minutes with these people. And they'll just be telling us a little more about what they're going to be presenting at the Comfrey Conference, which is going to be the last week of April. 
we'll have four four to six presentations every day, Monday through Friday. And then all weekend, they'll just all be available to watch, and it will all be free for that week. So come pre-conference, it's coming up. That's just one of the presenters who will be with us. Another one that I'm really excited about is Ellen Everett Hoffman. And she is one of my favorite herbalist witches. She And she's a druid. And as I said to her when we were talking the other night, I said, what I love is you are so serious about your craft. And she is going to be talking about several ways that she interrelates with comfrey. She's certainly going to be talking about how she interrelates with it magically. But she is also going to be talking about how she came to create and how she makes goddess goo. Oh, the name alone is like beckoning. Tell me more. <laughs> more. Goddess goo, I want you. <laughs> uh, so keep staying tuned, keep looking. We'll be out with some more publicity and more information about the Comfrey Conference. It's coming your way the end of April. Once you're done with your taxes, you can look forward to the Comfrey Conference. Okay, <laughs> we still have time for a caller or two. All right, it looks like we have one caller that is in the queue with a question, and you are dialing in from the 603 area code. From the 603, you have 10 minutes live with Susan. Hey, Susan, it's Rose. How, I'm so happy to be able to talk to you tonight. Hi, Rose. So good to hear Hi. your voice. Oh, same here with both of you. Okay, I need to take a deep breath because I've had a migraine like for two weeks. And um, I just, um, I need to ask you um, about my sister because she suddenly got hospitalized. She's very... Ill, I, I, oh, I gotta catch my breath and slow down. I'm, I'm just so shaking here, so please bear with me. Um, okay, okay, okay. Um, she's, she's not close by, so, um, I, I need to call you because she's in, in a desperate uh, situation, unable to talk. I, I did, Okay, we just, we got an email from my sister's sister-in-law. Who um, who happened to um, to to uh, who lives near nearby, and she stopped in to see um, her brother-in-law and her sister-in-law, and um, at their house because my um, and um, she found um, my sister in very bad um, s- situation. She um, immediately called. Nine one one because my sister's husband was not going well was not going to uh, call the doctor until this morning no until anyway I'm getting confused but anyway wasn't was wasn't going to call her until until the next day so it must have been tomorrow but anyway um, so she called nine one one because she thought she was um, in very serious straits and and the symptoms what that she saw was she lost even more weight. She was moaning, although she denied pain. Um, and we got, and she said that um, she is now on uh, telemetry, um, 
which I didn't know what that meant, but looked it up, and that's monitoring of the vitals. Uh, she, uh, she was taken, of course, uh, to the ER, and she was extremely dehydrated. Her AFib is out of control. Now, this was as of, uh, uh, Darlene, was that, was that this morning when she was taken? Yeah? Okay. Uh, her AFib is out of control, and she has a urinary tract infection. And of this morning, uh, I haven't heard anything since. Um, she said, um, as of this morning, they were waiting for results of blood cultures as they believe she may be in sepsis. And um, the doctor in the ER also advised um, um, Kay, that's um, my, my sister's sister-in-law, that, she, that my sister will need to go to a skilled nursing facility after admission. So I guess that meant admission to the hospital because she was in the ER, I guess is my understanding, uh, and I wasn't able to clarify that because she sent this in an email. Um, and she said to please um, feel free to call her tonight, but I've put in a call cause, because, because Jane, my sister's um, sister-in-law works during the day, so she said, but, but please feel free to call her at night for more details. But I've been, I left a message and am not getting a call back. So it dawned on me, oh, my gosh, I have to call Susan. So um, um, that's why I'm here, and I thank you for your patience with me. I'm, I'm um, in bad straits myself, with, like I said, with tremendous neck pain and head, headache, mostly frontal. And um, so I'm trying to focus and um, pray for my sister and get well so I can get get the, take, make the drive there and back to see if I can be of any assistance. But I'm really seeking your suggestion um, for, um, first of all, um, you know, what you think of the report, the only report that I got. Thank you so much, Susan, for being there for all of us. You, you, are, you are so welcome, Rose. It's really hard for you, and it's really hard for us to know at this distance what is going on with your sister. And it sounds like your sister-in-law is very well-meaning. Yes. And that she's doing the best that can be done, and that they are thinking that your sister, is this just that your sister is... Is there a specific thing going on with her that she became so dehydrated and you said that she lost even more weight? Yeah, she's, she's, she's been losing weight uh, the last, uh, well, she has been, she's like, she's, yeah, she's extremely thin. Um, she hasn't been well for the last couple of years ever since, I guess, she, she came down with this, this giant cell arteritis in her eyes. And um, the doctor put her on steroids, and then th that led to side effects. And then she got the AFib, and that led to more side effects. She was put on another drug. For the last two years, I've been trying to get um, my her husband to give me the list of all the drugs she's on because you know that um, they're just you know I, I, she's taking lots of drugs, and she has been for the last couple years. And because I'm trying to get myself back. Um, um, I have. I only was able to 
taxi drive down there. Actually, my husband drove me down. He he was able to do that in October, but she was only able to see me for like 10 minutes because that's all like she's very weak. And this has been going on for quite some time, but this is new because when I called and spoke to my brother-in-law and asked if Jane could come to the phone um, yesterday, he said, uh, she she's too ill to come to the phone. She's in bed. So I know she, I know she, uh, you know, her situation has, um, has gotten worse. And I said, well, is there anything new? Has, is she the same or has she gone, gone downhill? And, and he said, well, something new has arisen. She is now incompetent. And I said, how long has that been going on? And he said, oh, about two weeks. So, um, he did say, I said, David, she, you need to, you know, get her looked at. Um, and he said, well, we have an appointment tomorrow, which was going to be today with, with the doctor. But like, but uh, uh, was, I think, yeah, because I talked to her, but today's Tuesday. Yes. Um, so anyway, but like I said, my sister. So, uh, Rose, let yeah. me ask you this. Do you have sure. much of a psychic connection with your sister and what's her name? Do, do I have what? I'm sorry, I didn't understand your question. Do you have a mental or a psychic connection with her at all? I think, I think so. Okay, and what's her name? Jane. Jane. She's such a sweetheart. She's always, she's always been there for everybody else. And she, if I can get there, she will accept. She has recently told Rose, me. I want, I want to Rose, try your, you know, what very you important to that you get there right now. Not by car, but by your mind. Okay. You need to be with your sister now. Not at some future time. Not when you can get in the car. But yeah. with your mind. Okay. As soon as you hang up the phone. Okay, I'm here right now. And think about Jane and open your heart to Jane. And you know how good it feels when you, like, really feel someone surrounding you with love? Yes. Can you send that to Jane? Yes, I've been doing that all day today. Yes, that's just what she needs. You're already on it. Perfect. That's exactly what she needs. Keep doing that. That's the very best for her right now. Okay. Thank you so much. It's just, it's too tiring for her to try to deal with the burden of daily life. But she can accept your love. Yes. 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 And you know yes. that. And I'm just telling you once yes. again. But you yes, already know, Rose. We both love each other dearly. And yes. Yes. So keep keep that love going. I will. All right, Rose. And I love you, well, too. Thank you, you so much, Susan. I love you, too. Is there anything you suggest for um, I for my migraine? I've just been under... migraine. Oh, no, horrible I migraines. No, it's oh. not a migraine. No, it's not mine. Excuse me. I'm not doing well. I've had a frontal headache and neck ache. I've been under a lot of stress um, because of something I, else. I, I see. Okay. Are you yeah. using Hypericum as an ally? I, I, I am, um, but I, I wasn't sure of the dosage. I've been taking a dropper full morning and night. 
I don't know if that's I'd enough. probably take it more like once an hour. Oh, okay. A full dropper for once an hour. Okay. Oh, yeah. When I hit sciatica, I took it that full dropper for every 15 minutes. Oh, okay. I think I was just afraid I was going to run out. Does, does the hypericum tincture need well, to be Well, I understand that, too, but I make it by the court, so I never worry about running out. Yeah, i got to make it next year. Um, is that supposed All to right. be made from fresh, from fresh, or can it be made by only the, from the Only, only from the fresh. Only fresh. Okay, because that's what I do have that I made a couple years ago, but it's almost all gone. I couldn't make it last year. Uh, Okay. Well, my friend, the homeopath, says, and what you do is you dilute it with with some water and you shake it up really, really, really hard, and it'll be twice as strong. Okay, how much water? I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what the homeopaths believe. Interesting. Oh, yeah, they call it uh, succussion. I studied with a homeopath in the the 70s. There you go, right? Yeah, yeah, they call it a succussion. To, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, how much water about for a dropper? Oh, you know, it depends on what they're doing. Like if they're doing, um, usually they'll do like one part of tincture to ten parts of water to start. All right. But, but they might, this, this friend, who's a European homeopath, was talking about working in Africa, and they were using calendula tincture. And she said she noticed that the bottle was getting precipitously low, and it was like less than a third, so she just added distilled water to it and succussed it. Yeah. And the next couple of days, her doctors were going, oh, this new calendula we got is so much stronger than the old stuff. Oh. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Okay. okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think if I, I need to clarify, please. I don't think I understood um, fully. Did you mean the little bit I have in my dropper bottle to add water to the dropper bottle or just to uh, do, one You could do that and, it and, and by homeopathic principles, it would be stronger. Yes, yes. Oh, okay, so you didn't mean just take a dropper full and put it in the shot glass and add water to that and shake it. No. Uh, you said I could do it to the whole what I have left. Yes. In my bo- in the, my dropper bottle. All right. Okay. Yep. I I will I will uh, I will do that. And thank you so much for everything. As always, I love you. Thanks. <laughs> love you too, Rose. Uh, God, bless, God bless you both. Thank you. Green blessings. Green blessings. Uh, so let's let's see. Um, in addition, we have Peter Bigfoot, uh, Rico Ketch, Linda Conroy, Eagle Song Evans Gardner, Monica Giacomin, Julia Graves, Astrid Grove, Seth Hirsch, David Hoffman, Ellen Everett Hopman, I talked about those two, Lucretia Jones, Stephen Martin, Susie Mazzoli, Ola Tukumba Obasi, Barbara Volk, Kathleen Wildwood, Susan Weed, and I think I just saw a confirmation from Ava. Yes, she was. She told me she would be submitting one. Mm-hmm. All right. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And uh, some of the f- fence sitters include Robin Rose Bennett, Thea Summer Deer, 
and Patch Adams said it. I just see a yes from Thea too. Yes, Thea. Yes, I believe she has submitted her application as well. I just got in from my. All right. So I, have, I believe that was her intention. So we hope this little bit about the Comfrey Conference has tantalized you, and we will continue to tantalize you Tuesday by Tuesday uh, as we gather more and more um, information about what is coming together here. We have a beautiful drawing of the Comfrey Goddess by Durga, who did the illustrations for Abundantly Well, and you'll be seeing that soon, too. And I guess with that, Sarah Ellen, we should say good night. Thank you all for your love, your care, your gratitude, and for helping me restore herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. Sarah Ellen, wow, what a great conversation we had at the beginning of this this session tonight. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm so grateful for everything that you've helped me open to in my life. I'm I'm more robust for oh, opening to everything you've offered. Hard, easy, and all in between. <laughs> and all in between, and I love every bit. Green blessings, everybody. Good night.